0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're talking Spring News, TGFBI, and our do not draft players on underdog baseball here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. welcome to the rotowire fantasy baseball podcast we are sponsored by fan the most customizable free commissioner service in fantasy sports and underdog fantasy home of the biggest best ball contests in the industry clay link here with todd zola great to be back on with you todd and you're on location in florida so thanks for even though you're traveling uh doing the pod and I know you're getting set for AL labor tomorrow. Were you able to catch any games down there in
2: Florida? Yeah, I'm in West Palm Beach. Was able to get to Jupiter on Tuesday night, see some Red Sox and was it Miami. And then on Wednesday, I was at West Palm for some Red Sox in Houston, kind of seeing a pattern here. And yesterday, I got to hang out with the one and only Ron Chandler, his fifth row behind the home plate seats at the Mets stadium, Fort St. Lucie. And we caught the Mets. And who was the Mets? Who who beat the Mets? It'll come to me. Oh, the Braves. The Braves. The Braves beat the Mets. So, yes, I've seen the pitch clock in action. I've seen violations. I've seen – I did not – I have not get to – Ron was telling me all about Max Scherzer and how he plays – with the batter's heads as far as the uh, clock goes. Did not get to see that in action.
1: Yeah, you know, it seems like the pitch clock may work in uh, Scherzer's favor. Talked a lot about how pitchers adjusting to the pitch clock. Seems like hitters having a little trouble too. And with a guy who's yeah. forcing the issue like Scherzer, it just makes him
2: all the more it difficult. Looked, I mean, sometimes you force your own, you know, you you, you see what you want to see, right? and to me it looked like some of the hitters looked a little rushed and i don't know if this is going to be the case i don't know how much it's going to matter to us but you know but i wouldn't be surprised if we see more first pitch takes just cuz the you know the batter isn't kind of in his routine yet mm-hmm. and he may need that first you know that first pitch to get cuz he needs to get in the box and be ready or he gets a called strike so I wouldn't be surprised if we see some first pitch uh, takes more than normal. And then you're kind of in your routine in the box, in and out. What I do know is, having watched it and having the batter needed to be ready at eight seconds, Nomar would be about halfway through the first glove by the time he needed to be in the box. So I do think it's going to take a little yeah. bit of getting used to. And if a guy, a guy was buzzed and, you know, he kind of did the, you know, he kind of had a little bit of walk around, collect themselves – the timekeeper, the timekeeper, the, the timekeeper at the bell, uh, the time, the timer, it, it gave him a few seconds to kind of collect themselves. So okay, you know, what if that was a strategy was to buzz a guy to get him back in the box 15 seconds later? You know? <laughs> um, yeah, I saw
1: that with Ben Joyce. Like some, he threw one high and inside and then the, the guy had to get back in, in and hurry. And
2: Well, the, the one coming. that I saw, the umpire gave him a beat. So maybe, maybe there was, a you know, they, they saw that. And they, yeah, didn't, they don't want that to be you know, you don't, you don't want it all to grow yeah. up and in as a strategy to get, more well, you know what I mean? So maybe they, they collected that. I don't know, but um, it's going to take getting you see the other thing to keep in mind too, is the clock I think is here to stay, but the timing, they could add five seconds. You know, I think that could be, that could change. I think they could add
1: five seconds.
2: Yeah, if they, if they feel the, the quality of the game is detracted with batters having to get in so quickly, I think they may – it's a work in progress, and we'll we'll just have to see.
1: I am glad that I won't have to watch guys like Nomar Garcia-Para adjust their uh, (laughs) batting gloves 50 million times. Players are such creatures of habit, and they're not just – they're not superstitious, but players are a little
2: stitious. And uh, their routines,
1: you know, getting thrown off may affect them a little
2: bit. It's um, just to get out of the routines, and I think yeah. that I think you know, the Such pitch, it's easier for a pitcher game. to to figure out his routine than I think for a batter. I think the bat the pitcher can probably change. His, I mean, uh, we know that Louis Garcia from Houston is going to have to change his motion because not some, necessarily the time clock, but they're looking on on box, and he doesn't his motion from the wind up is kind of illegal. Yeah, Kevin be Gausman, a balk now, right? Yeah, yeah. Kevin Gausman is going to have to change his motion. Um, then there's the Kenley Jansons who are already working the bullpen to work faster. So,
1: yeah, those are adjustments. But uh, yeah, I think the point you're making of hitters having to adjust. Yeah, is maybe something think, we haven't really thought about as much.
2: I think yeah, right. I think the pitchers will make their adjustments because that's all they do. You know, I mean, they they have to do it a hundred times a game, right? Whereas mm-hmm. a batter only does it four or five times a game. So I, oh, I think that true. the uh, I think the batters. I think they will. I think most of the batters will. But we'll see. I mean, there's going to be someone who's messed up in the head and we don't know who it is. And I'm probably going to draft him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Some of those routines will get thrown off a little bit and it'll be a a year of adjustments on both sides. Well, Todd, big news yesterday, not even news, (laughs) honestly, but the big kind of talking point, let's say, in the fantasy world yesterday was that Corbin Carroll triple that you may have seen. Absolutely incredible speed he flashed. He stumbled across first base and still easily had a trip. <laughs> um our buddy Rob Silver was saying, Hey, you know, main events, this could be a, a guy who's going at the two three turn. And look, Rob doesn't usually uh miss on, on these and while that may seem like an overreaction, it's it's that speed I think that Carol brings to the table that those uh players in the overall contest will be chasing and Two three turn doesn't sound crazy to me.
2: It's it, I don't think it is. That's where I initially had him ranked, and wow. I was like, and this like, and that's because the translations put him around that point. The MLEs, I'm like, there's just no way. And <laughs> I had to, I had to calm it down a little bit and interject a little on my own. You know, bring it back. We're going to talk TGFBI in a little bit. I got him in every one of my first few TGFBI drafts. Uh, then I said, you know, I got to I got to start to, you know get a few other players in Corbin Carroll and his his ADP jumped in the in, in the underdog. So I, I backed off a bit. But yeah, I um it's more number scouting than me. Our friend Eric Cross is all over him as far as having seen him play. Several other scouts are very high on him. Um but the translations are just silly. If he can hit left-handed pitching, he's gonna be a difference maker. And you're right, I do think and I kinda the reaction to the two three turn was like oh, I'm not so much for me getting him, you know, you know, getting him because I'm not going to pay that price. I'd rather wait a few, a little longer, and push up a Jake McCarthy, than push up the Corbin Carroll.
1: That's interesting because I'm kind of on the other side on McCarthy. I don't. Maybe I just need to turn that stone over again and really dive into it. But I feel like he's being overdrafted. Uh, Jake I think
2: McCarthy. I don't know for sure. Um, I need to once once gambling in Massachusetts is legal in a week or so i'm going to look around to try to find a uh, jake mccarthy leading the nl and steals prop hmm. um i'm not saying like it's gonna happen yeah. but the possibility I think it's possible. is there the thing with mccarthy maybe this is where you're ed- edging is the uh, diamondbacks well the, well is gonna play i mean but they are still they're still pretty left-handed and they may end up platooning one of the outfielders and if or, or just to give another just to give an outfielder some more run, it may be McCarthy that loses some playing time against Southpaws and not Carroll. So maybe that's where you're coming from that he's being overdrafted for a platoon player. And he probably is, but the steals he may give are you know, again, we're talking six or seven or eight rounds different, maybe even more than that. I mm-hmm. can check my TGFBI board and find out where and remind myself where McCarthy's going. But all I'm saying is relative to each other, I'd rather get McCarthy at that price than Carroll at his.
1: I got Carroll in the fifth round of TGFBI, but I think that's uh, the last time I'll be having a chance at Carroll in the fifth. Uh, So just beware that if you want the guy, you're going to have to get aggressive. Another youngster making a little bit of uh, waves in the fantasy world, Jordan Walker. Now, Todd, I know you don't have a crystal ball, okay? But if you had to guess right now, and I'm making you guess, um, how do you see this Cardinals outfield situation shaking out over the next few weeks? Do you think Walker forces his way onto this team? Um, Do I look look like Brian Walton? Um, (laughs) Yeah, he would be the guy that asked for Cardinals
2: info. Jake McCarthy went in the sixth by Ray Murphy. Oh. Wow. Um, Carroll went in the fourth to Nick Pollock in my FBI. Um, the best I can do for you, Clay, is say that everybody that I've listened to and asked says he's gonna get an opportunity. Walker is gonna get an opportunity to take the spot. Whether he gets it or not remains to be seen, but he is going to get every opportunity to win a full-time outfield spot for the Cardinals. And it, from people are telling me is it's more about the glove, it's more about can he handle the defense and keeping in mind. The Cardinals are—they care about defense as much, if not more, than any other team. So it's at left field. They just put it's like you know, not like a Manny Ramirez. Mar- Manny Ramirez looks, my yeah, geez, my examples you really date myself. You can see how old I am by the some of the, you know, by you know, some of the. That players it's not I too dated. Examples, but um, uh, Manny Ramirez. Uh, but the point being, if he can handle it defensively in left field, they're probably going to let the bat, you know, let him grow into the let him grow into the bat. I mentioned this on XM with Jeff Erickson today, but
1: Jeff Jones beat writer Cardinals beat writer for the Bellevue news. Democrat made a good point on Twitter that, uh, you know, they could have buried him in the lineup. Jordan Walker had him DH and then talked about him needing reps when time came to cut down on the roster, but they've done the opposite. And so the way things are trending, you know, still don't know, but it looks like maybe Jordan Walker will be on that opening day roster. Then it boils down to, you know, is Dill Carlson the odd man out then? Do they trade Tyler O'Neill or somebody? Yeah, uh, well, a lot I mean, up in the air for St. Louis. This,
2: I think, the the whole DH thing, you know, they want a place for Juan Yepes is bad.
1: Yeah, Yepes is DH. a guy I kind of always forget about.
2: Yeah, so that, that you, know, I I mean, you know, and I think the reason you just don't put Carol at DA, um, Carol, I'm bad, you know, Jordan Walker at DH. First of all, I mean, he's a pretty good athlete, you know, coming from third base. I think they feel he can play the outfield. But I don't think, I think they, if they want him to develop as a ball player, just putting him in DH to get the bat in the lineup, I think they want the glove too. They've got, they, I heard an interview with the with the Cardinals and Jim Bowden on the MLB Network Radio and uh, Danny Danny Wexelman, I believe, a couple nights ago. And they were saying that every busy, I mean, New Park could play center. I mean, they don't know who's going to play where yet. They're going to give everybody a good long look. They're losing a lot of players to the WBC but they're going to do the best they can, and nothing is really set in the card. I mean, they kind of know the guys that are fighting for the positions, but where the end – I mean, O'Neal can play center too. So we kind of know the principles, the usual suspects, but where they align in, I don't know that that matters so much for fantasy. We know these guys are going to play. We don't really care where O'Neal plays, although, I mean, some leagues have that, right, have the specific left, right, center, but the vast majority of leagues, are just, it's just outfield.
1: True. It just seems like one guy could get squeezed, or maybe there's something another shoe to drop here. If Walker does indeed make the roster, he's leading off today for St. Louis, so they are giving him a real look. Not uh, notice, trade, sorry.
2: You so said you don't want to trade Dylan Carlson for Juan Soto, but yet he could be the odd man out. It's just <laughs> yeah. the way things work out, right?
1: I hope that report's uh, not true. At least for it's Cardinals, not a one-for-one. One. It was just in the say, pack. Yeah, true. Yeah. That's hard to fathom, even what six months. It was hard to fathom at the time, yeah. When that report came out, but even more so six months after that deadline. Uh, I was up this morning early, Todd, in spring lineups. It's it's kind of funny, you know. Spring lineups, the early ones come out at about seven a.m. Central Time, so we Wouldn't have people cool? up early inputting those and confirming. Would it be them. cool if
2: you were, if it was your job to like tell the teams what their lineup was going to be? I'd
1: love to fill out the line. So
2: you you set the line of all these teams at 7 <laughs> in the morning. That'll be good.
1: Well, we appreciate all the beat writers who are up that early. That's even earlier, you know, Arizona time. I guess most of those early ones are Florida. But uh, we appreciate them reporting those because, yeah, we get them into the admin and confirmed for all of our users. I noticed – first thing I noticed this morning was Alex Bregman was making his debut. So he had a fractured finger last off season or in the world series, I should say Uh slow played this spring, but ready to make his debut. I have him 71 overall. I'm just kind of wondering if I made this comparison on the XM with Jeff, like it almost feels like a uh, Paul Goldschmidt at this time last year. Now Goldschmidt runs. So that's not really part of Bregman's game, but uh, do, do you kind of feel both- like Bregman's being undervalued at large here?
2: No, I, no? I am the anti Bregman. Um, okay. Goldschmidt Goldsmith hits the ball hard. Alex Bregman doesn't. Uh, Alex, Bregman, Alex Bregman,
1: Bregman's plate skills are unreal though.
2: Yeah, but that's fine. You know, so, so he so he patiently hits the ball at a medium uh, exit velocity. He is built for uh Minimade, but as long as he's still in there, I mean it's well he's a course field guy. Well, he's still in course, so you want you know he he is built for minimate, he's still in there, so he's still gonna produce, but I, I just I worry. I don't now that he's no longer running, if I'm not in an OBP or a points league, I have no interest. And I have this argument with Derek Van Riper every year when we draft our, our, our NFBC team that drafts before this before the season ends. He's a Bregman guy. I'm not. Um, I think one year, I think last year we won and we actually ended it with Bregman because he finally fell to one round where it's like, Hey Derek, you can take him here if you want. It's like, Okay, we will. <laughs> but yeah, we nice. we uh, I just it's a bad about data. he is so reliant on, on the on the um, Crawford boxes that I, I kind of want my player to have skills that go beyond meeting the park. And here I am going to be drafting Adam Duvall in AO labor because it, the parks built for him. So, you know, it, it goes both until my until my argument doesn't meet my uh, my, my narrative. Then it's then it's, uh, you know, the narrative's true until it doesn't make my case. Well, look,
1: I, I think it's good to get kind of the other's opinion on Bragman because I've been pushing him up a little bit. And uh, just because there's a drop off at third base there, the play skills are so steady. And I kind of feel like we all look at him and see no real upside. But with those Crawford boxes, maybe there is a little sneaky.
2: I think uh, the upside, home upside. Is, the, is the fact that the floor is so high.
1: Yeah, he doesn't really need it when you got that kind of floor, I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's weird. Third baseman gets ugly after him. You're usually the upside guy, and I'm usually the floor sure. guy, and we're kind sure. of flipped.
1: Yeah, we're kind of flipped on Bregman, but that's it's good to to hash that out because it yeah, just kind of uh, feels like he's kind of in this dead zone between tiers of third baseman. And it feels like he'll, mm-hmm. in my opinion, he'll probably go closer to that front uh, or that closer. Earlier tier than the later tier of third Just sitting up
2: my tiers. Let's see where, if I can figure out where, where I have Bregman ranked relative to any the other the other players. I actually only done AL only. Um, Where do I where do I see him? Man, I don't see him. So if I'm not looking up high enough, it must. Oh no! You know what? In a mixed league, I've got Bregman as the in between Arenado and and Gunnar Henderson.
1: Oh, so you okay. have him ahead of Henderson? Okay, yeah.
2: Just, I mean, the one spot. Sh- so it, yeah. it's a it's a buck. You know, if he, it's a one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh. And if you put Wood at shortstop, I have him as the sixth highest short, sixth highest third baseman. But I think you're right as far as drop off goes, because next on the list is uh, Josh Rojas, Eugenio Suarez, and Cabron Hayes, Cabrian Hayes, mm-hmm. who are bad players. But I think that's a pretty decent drop. Once you yeah, get as to-
1: people. Right- I think as people draft and stare into that abyss at third base, people will kind of push Bregman closer to that earlier tier. Just yeah, looking at the, the They're remaining. They're definitely
2: dealing with an Arenado. I mean, I have Arenado just one click ahead of Bregman, but he's being pushed up closer to Austin Riley.
1: I feel like maybe there is some some upside still remaining, but as you said, you don't even really need it. Where with the floor being so high on Bregman, the context, the Crawford boxes
2: well, when I when I think of upside I think of a skill popping the upside for Bregman is if he just luckily pulls a few more fly balls and ends up with more homers
1: yeah maybe so he chips he, in a, a five bags or so
2: he could and you know what That's with the new, new rule. rules I haven't looked at Bregman yet but with the new rules he might maybe he's a heady cool. player so maybe he'll figure it out
1: well we got a few other spring notes to touch on but real quick a word from uh one of our sponsors on the podcast underdog Fantasy baseball season is underway and there's no better place to play than underdog fantasy. The easiest place to play fantasy baseball right now. Underdog has MLB best ball tournaments live, including the dinger, which I've played a few and super fun. Dinger has a $500,000 pot in total prizes in best ball. All you do is join a contest, draft your team and that's it. There are no waivers, no trades and no in season management. Draft 20 rounds of players and get the best cumulative scores in your starting lineup. Three pitchers, three infielders, three outfielders, and one flex each week of the regular season. Getting started is simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com. Sign in with the promo code RWMLB. And not only will Underdog double your initial deposit up to $100, but you'll also get six months of our RotoWire subscription for free. Again, that's underdogfantasy, promo code RWMLB. Draft your one hundred thousand dollar dinger team today. We'll be talking a little bit more about underdog later in the show with our uh, underdog segment. And the topic today was do not draft players on underdog, which I found are you know my do not draft players are harder to come up with than my my favorite sleepers. So it's kind of a tough list for me to come up with. But um, I got five, and we'll get Todd's picks for do not draft later in the show. And those are underdog specific, by the way. But Todd. I want to talk a little bit about Jared Kelnick. I, you probably don't want to talk much about him, but look, <laughs> he's uh, hes another surgery. He's got three homers already. He had another one Wednesday. AL Labor with you know you and James and Jason Collette and all these great minds, including multiple from RotoWire. Really interesting to see how the field treats Jared Kelnick because it's still going to have a lot of skeptics, but maybe he's swaying some people. Would you consider yourself more... For the skeptic side, or is he starting to maybe win you back or at least get you sniffing around again, Jared Kelly
2: I'm not anti Jared Kalanick, and he would be somebody that I would be interested in, different time, different place. Um, labor uh, it's, it's an auction, and I'm going to have some certain targets that I'm going to go after, and I don't – I mean, I'm not – if it goes too high, I will drop, but I will get the second to last bid in, and I don't know that I'm going to have the – the capital, the 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 budget, to pay what I think is going to cost for Kalinic with with his recent surge, and it's just the kind of I think people are going to be lo- looking where I'm, I'm going to be dropped in my upside elsewhere. I think people will be into him. I he's too good not to figure it out, but he's just been historically terrible. You know, it's kind of one of those things where uh, it's, it's something's got to give, if you will. And I think he will be fine. The other thing about labor is. It's old old school in that there's a reserve, but you can't just oh no Kellonics in a slump I'm gonna I'm gonna put him on the bench until he snaps out of it and I'll activate him. You can't do that in labor. You have to mm-hmm. play through the bumps, play through the Colorado starts. If you're in the NL, you could drop him. You can just release him, and then someone can pick him up for for Fab. But uh, if he's active in the MLB, he needs to be on your roster.
1: Yeah, so if he struggles again, you have to eat all that. And I'd actually, the last time I was in labor, I had to do that with Kelnick. And it hurt. I was wrong on him as a prospect coming up, but this feels like this is now like post-hype hype. Like he doesn't even fit into the post-hype sleeper anymore. He kinda he's kind of got the post-hype. It, he's a post-hype is he surger.
2: Is just 23? I mean, he's not even that old. You, yeah. only have one, you can only have one post before your name at his age.
1: <laughs> True. Uh, you know, I... I like what I'm seeing here, and I like you know the results of the results. It's spring training results, whatever. But I like his attitude so far. The, I just saw some quotes that he's trying to win every pitch. Yeah, it sounds great, but you know maybe he was a little overly confident in his abilities when he came up, and I, just being in that moment and taking it pitch by pitch is how you have to do it. You, you can't be you can't be thinking about. You know, the larger picture when you're in the batter's box, you have to just be in the moment. And it feels like he's there. Peter Gammons, yeah, it's Peter Gammons. You know, say what you will about how in touch he is with things right now, but he mentioned on Twitter that he believes that the Mariners emphatically believe Kalnick's beginning his takeoff. So uh, I'm expecting him to get maybe not really pricey, but probably crack the top 200 in some drafts.
2: Yeah, no, I I, I I agree. And I grew up with Peter Gammon's and maybe he lost a little off his fastball, but he's still the man to me. You know, just the respect no, I still aspect like him a lot of too. it. I didn't um, know you grew up with him. Well, I mean Boston. He was that's where he used yeah. to I mean Did you the know the notes? The notes the Gammon's notes were second only to USA today. And
1: I know, still have sp- a lot of respect for
2: him. Survived the stroke and he's a rock and roller. Seen him play at the at the um uh i can't, first uh hot stove cool music that he have in boston they have it in chicago too with theo oh, theo cool. plays rocking through the free world neil young theo theo, theo can play that blindfolded uh every year, every get, year. Uh, rocking in the free world but theo epstein anyway but uh i nah, just think so i'd love to get
1: uh peter gammon's theo epstein and maybe bronson arroyo into yeah. a band
2: arroyo played Arroyo played um yeah He's a grunge guy, though. I mean, he played oh, acoustic. Acoustic sounds really good, but he's a grunge guy. And I stopped listening to music when grunge, when 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 grunge became the, the form of alternative in the early nineties is when I kind of stopped, and I started listening to my old stuff again.
1: I hear you, man. I'm already reaching that point where I can't really listen to new new stuff. It's I know I'm missing pretty much revisit stuff. revisit the nineties, early two thousands.
2: Well, I know um I'm missing some new stuff, but whoa, Jazz Chisholm hit a home run. Nice. Okay, good.
1: Nice. Well, that's boost him up a couple of rounds. <laughs> kid, of course. Um Jose Miranda, Todd. Skipping out on the WBC, I'm kind of just wondering what your concern level is here. Could be limited to first base DH or Leon. As long as he's playing, should be okay, but given that he did sk- Skip the WBC as a result of this and not able to play third, do you worry a little bit about Miranda's shoulder?
2: I was unaware. I've been traveling this week, was unaware that he had an issue because he's. I, I like Jose Miranda as a player based upon the underlying, you know, stat cast type metrics. His, and my big thing is, I don't care about average exit of velocity. I care about average exit of velocity on fly balls because uh, that drives power. And there's too much... I don't want to say there's a little bit of happenstance involved. The harder you hit the grounder ball, the better chance of getting hit, especially without a shift. But it's all about the um, fly ball, legs of velocity. And he was among the leaders. And I was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. Um, So he didn't quite get credit for it in the home run column that he should have. I thought it was coming. Um, I guess the fact that he is hitting and is playing first base is, I think you can't get two down it just it sounds like it's the throwing motion more than anything else um but you know and when we when we talk when we talk underdog in a little bit you know i'm sure one of us is going to use the word injured and maybe the word not before it and you know now you know do i take him an underdog because there's a possibility that this grows into something more so if that's if that means that i'm concerned i guess i do but I just, I, I'm okay with the fact, if I'm going to keep her list and I got Miranda, the fact that he can still hit is optimistic.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I was really excited. I'm maybe lowering him like a few spots in the overall list, but not a not a ton until this you know, affects his availability at the plate. Then I might have to get serious. But uh, arbitrary endpoint alert, uh, after the start of May, he hit – yeah, 268, 325, 426 with 15 homers. So, really, that bad first month was really the only time he had significant
2: struggles, Miranda. Yeah. And it's, he should have even had more power than he did.
1: Yeah. And I think, like, he got sent down and then he was called up right away the next day after Royce Lewis got hurt. And maybe it was a comfort thing. Like, now that he had a, yeah. a leash, he, he finally found a little bit more comfort yeah. and found himself in the box. But, uh, yeah, know you got to look at the whole picture. But I just was really impressed with how he turned the page on those early struggles, Miranda, and uh, yeah, found no, for sure. last season. Uh, Will Myers was back in the Reds lineup today. Todd, I I don't really want to draft Will Myers any case at all, aside from the park.
2: Like, would you draft Will Myers? Um, yeah, and I did. I'm looking up the round right now. You're going to cringe, but I got him in the twelfth round of the TGFBI. I, I, and a 15 teamer,
1: that's not crazy,
2: but uh, it's a little crazy. <laughs> but, but I'm in a draft where there's some, I know people know what I know my lists and my lists are pre, he's pretty aggressive. And even though it's TGFBI, NFBC format, um, this is a go get them, Go get, you know, don't, you know, there's there, people are taking their guy when they want him. As I mentioned before, Ray Murphy took Jake McCarthy in the sixth. Hmm. Um, you know, I was, I joked to him. I said, I, he picked him right after I picked, made a pick. I was like, I thought my McCarthy sweat would last more than one pick. Um, but, you know, Ray wanted him, Ray got him. So, um,
1: yeah, but Will Myers sounds like he's kind of one of your guys then.
2: He is. And it's, it's the park. And I think he can run. And I think the Reds will let him run. And if he doesn't play the whole season, I think when you draft him, you know, I'm drafting him low enough where, I don't know if I'll have him at first, or I'll have him in, uh, in the outfield. I like the dual eligibility as well. It's a lot easier to replace a guy that gets hurt in the 12th, 13th, 14th round. I don't know, well, easier. But, I mean, it's just as easy to replace Mike Trout, but it's just the, re- the, player, the player isn't as good. So you get, you know, the drop off isn't as much for a replacement in that round as it is in earlier rounds. So I, I want the upside. I want Myers in my lineup um, when the Reds are at home.
1: So you think he has a little, you know, Brandon Drury type path this year?
2: Where he, I think, I think you know, rebounds. it's tough to make the comparisons of that nature. But I think there's, I think there's still some stuff left in 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 Myers' bat. It's all about the health. Uh, last year, eh, seven thirteen OPS, but he didn't run so much. He had some knickknack things. Didn't even play half a season. So it, 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 I think to me, I'm betting more on the health than the skills i think if he plays i think if he's healthy he will play pretty well
1: yeah i think best case scenario for a guy like will myers is he plays well and gets flipped i think that's you know he's been open about you know why he signed with cincinnati he wants to get those numbers boosted up in great american small park and kind of revitalize his career a little bit right Uh, but then you have to wonder you know where does he end up how much does he play with, with another team but
2: if he plays well enough to merit getting flipped yeah you know i mean i will you know recognize that and by the time july 31st or whenever the trade deadline is this year early august I, whenever it is i will have a plan b you know if if, if i don't feel myers will be playing regularly or you know etc i will have uh I will have a contingency ready to go and hey there's every chance not every chance but there's a team what if he gets moved to a a team where he's still hitting well and it's a more runs because it's a better lineup than the reds it could help him we'll see
1: It's a good point that if he's flipped at the deadline, he's probably already hit well enough to justify your spot, honestly. But I do worry about that with guys like him and like Crone. Like, do I want to draft Crone thinking he's probably going to end up somewhere outside of cores? I,
2: I think he's maybe I'm thinking too big picture. Well, they signed him to the contract. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't think I don't think if they if they hadn't signed CJ Crone to the contract. I'd be a little bit concerned, but I, I I think we're okay with Krohn. Who knows? I'm trying to remember. Is there someone breathing down his neck as far as as far as a backup goes? I don't think so. Not really. Michael photography is listed, but I don't think any of their minor leaguers are going to come up. So unless they want to move Nolan Jones over to first, which I doubt, I think he's pretty safe.
1: I suppose the Rockies are notoriously hard headed about trying to compete too so maybe, <laughs> maybe they don't uh, trade him but yeah, it's just mean, something that's been in the back of my mind with crone
2: I mean yeah I, I guess Chris Bryant and yes if, if you hear that sound it is what you think it is um, Chris Bryant could move to first and one of you know veen one of you know one of the outfielders young outfielders could could move in
1: uh, yeah we could see veen this year maybe
2: yeah and then you know so I, I sure there's a pathway I mean if someone offers the Rockies a decent amount for Crone I could see it, but I don't think it's going to prevent me from drafting him.
1: Well, we'll talk a little bit about the great fantasy baseball invitational in a second, but let's first throw to a quick word from our Blue Wire sponsors.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: All right, we are back on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball podcast. The only podcast you're gonna hear this week, I think, uh, with two overall TGFBI winners. Uh I did it in twenty eighteen. Why were you twenty nineteen? Were you the next year? Yeah,
2: unless unless Tanner interviews Kevin, I think we're safe.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's an honor, you know, and thanks to Justin Mason for, for giving us this platform to play and so much to talk about throughout the year with TGFBI. It's it's a great, great competition. It sounds like you guys are making good headway in your draft. We're stuck in the 12th round of my draft, but uh, you guys getting pretty far.
2: Uh, yeah. I, again, apologize for the noise. There's an open door near me. and uh, oh,
1: that's Anyway,
2: um, I'm not sure what you're hearing or not. We have just begun the 20th round. I just made my 20th round pick. Nice. And who was it? It was drum roll please sean Manaya, my ninth pitcher my sixth starter which means i have three closers and it's a mixed league so who 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 does he have uh but yeah he's my he's my sixth starter um I, sean
1: Manaya was a driveline guy right he went to driveline
2: yeah yeah he, i like the park i like the streaming aspect of it he's due for a bounce back but yeah i um yeah i teased it i mean i i um I mentioned on the radio earlier about Scott Barlow being kind of the uh, last available full-time closer and I actually got him got him in the ninth round of TGFBI, um, followed it up with Andres Munoz with the plan on getting Seawald, but Seawald went a little earlier than I was willing to, to, to double tap or, you know, double ding the Seattle bullpen. So I took a chance, and I'll admit it was partially on some information from our buddy Dean Peterson who follows the White Sox. I got some information because we're covering the White Sox in a panel today at First Pitch where we're talking about the new managers. So I sent Dean some questions about the White Sox, sent Craig Mission questions about the Marlins to get some stuff. So I have approximately three hours to act on that information before I make it public. Uh, and he thinks Graveman will be the guy at the beginning, so I get Kendall Graveman. As oh, my... I see.
1: I was kind of wondering how this tied back to the uh, the White Sox, but okay. Yeah,
2: Graveman, uh, so yeah. I got Kendall Graveman as my uh, I, 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 securitist route, but I'll get you there. I'll get. I'll get there.
1: No, uh, you should. I just I was looking at your tweet uh, from March first, and I didn't see Graveman. That's yeah. Great.
2: No, so Graveman was my seventeenth rounder. Um, yes. So it is an overall competition, and I think you do need some saves. The year that I took it down, I got Kirby Yates, who was not, he ended up being the best closer, but he was like a 15th or 16th rounder, which is what you need to do in these leagues in order to, to win the overall. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I'm kind of hoping again, maybe, you know, I'm not, I hope, I hope Leon Hendricks is back, you know, March, uh, May 1st, and that I have to drop Graveman just because. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, who knows what's going to happen? And Munoz versus Seawald. I don't know, and we'll see what Barlow does. So we'll see. The year I wanted,
1: I had Blake Trinan somewhat okay. late. And so, yeah, it is important to hit on one of those guys. And I think I got Munoz, too, in my draft, 10th round, just like you did. I feel like he's the guy, maybe he's going a little bit higher than Trinan was. It might have been around the same spot. But this is a guy who does have the skills to be the number one closer. Now, maybe he does have to continue sharing it with Seawald, but that team's going to be pretty good. And if Munoz gets to, like, 25 to 30 saves. I mean, maybe not number one, but a top five type of closer.
2: Yeah, I think, and I don't think we know the answer to this yet. I think we think we know, but I don't know that we know Seattle used the committee approach because they had to, and then it was just so darn successful. So, you know, they, they traded for Munoz. They picked up Ken Giles. It sounded like they were looking for a closer, but they just made the best of the situation when they didn't have them. And, now that Munoz is healthy and off-season, you know, there's a chance that Seawall, I mean, then he's not gonna get zero saves. But like you said, there's a chance Munoz does get two out of three or whatever it might be, and it's not a not a abs-y sort of thing. And uh, the the ancillary, the the strikeouts and the ratio should be fine. So I think it's he's kind of like the he was he's the you know, because I took him out to Barlow, who's my cutoff line. To me, he's the top questionable closer.
1: Yeah, I feel like Munoz and like Pete Fairbanks with those guys in that range yeah.
2: that I really liked.
1: Fairbanks is getting a little pricey now.
2: He went. Um, I, I he was the guy I wasn't thinking about. Grayman, yeah, but he was the guy I wanted as my next, you know, my third. But like you just mentioned, he went up. He went pretty good, pretty high.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I, I like both those guys as guys who could you know surge and finish well ahead of where they were taken. But um yeah, we'll see. It's it is important to hit on one of those guys, but uh maybe priced out on Fairbanks and drafts. Fairbanks
2: the went in the twelfth. Okay.
1: I think he went let me see where he went in mine. He went in the ninth in my draft.
2: Okay. Well that's that's really yeah because I had taken having taken Barlow and Nunez in the ninth and tenth, I wanted to get back to hitting um So I wasn't ready to take a third closer at that point.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Munoz versus Fairbanks straight up is kind of interesting. I think I'd take Fairbanks, but I'd like to grab both of those guys, honestly, if I can. Kind of hard to spend 9-10 on closers, but if you don't draft one earlier, maybe that's too solid a fallback. Yeah, right. You
2: have to understand, understand the mindset of the thinking that led up to that point. And I don't know... It wasn't designed, but I just I didn't think Munoz would get back, and I did want a second, somewhat decent closer. And looking, looking at who went in between, okay, Joanne Duran went in between. I gotta believe Munoz would have gone. Alexis Diaz went. Actually, he's I think you can put him in that group, um, that the same group, and then just use not taking Diaz based on the team. Although there's some talk that he could be more of a multi-inning guy as well but i think when they say multi-inning i think they mean eighth and ninth not seventh and eighth well we'll see
1: the stolen base category is always a tough piece Ooh. of the puzzle to put together i drafted Ooh. julio rodriguez you know first uh, with my first round pick second overall and then i grabbed corbin carroll in the fifth got a med rosario uh, but i'm still trying to chip away at at steals how did you tackle that category
2: Probably not as well as I should have. So I start with Freeman Endeavors. So I got like four, and you know maybe I have eight. I don't know. We'll see what Freeman does. He maybe he's good for ten. Anyway, I may have pushed Cedric Mullins up a little bit in the fourth round, but I, I got Cedric Mullins. I got Danzy Swanson a couple rounds later, who I you know wasn't because of steals. I just happen to like. But my 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 dice throw or dart throw, if you will, on steals in the third. Thirteenth, C.J. Abrams. Um, mm. They talk about him leading off. I, I just I, that that's that that that's kind of my if I do well, it's going to be because C.J. Abrams did pretty good too, and that's about all I've got right now. I was well. Re- I mentioned Will Myers. I really really like a story where as, as a luxury steals item, not as a I need him to steal in order to meet my number sort of guy. And I think he is in the process of going from the luxury range to the miles straw range, where he's the guy that people are going to take if they feel they're short on steals. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of bummed. He went a little earlier than I was willing to go. It's His OVP in the minors was fantastic, Asturio Ruiz. It hasn't translated yet, but it's only been like 30 games, mm-hmm. and FanGraph translations aren't very promising. But if he translate that that translates that o, uh, OBP anywhere close to the minor leagues, Ruiz is going to steal 50 bases, and he's going to do it. It's as still
1: 80 some, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So it, again, the, the difference between I want, I don't want to say all right, I've got Ruiz 50. I only need 70 more. I want to say I have 110. And Ruiz is 50 could win me the league, you know
1: yeah, the story of Ruiz, is a really interesting X factor right now. they brought in J.J. Blade, who I saw was starting over yep. in the center uh, at least early on in the spring. yeah, a lot players. more draft pedigree with a guy like Blade, but I think they should give both these guys plenty of playing time. It's the land of opportunity. they got to see what they have in these guys yeah. so Ruiz yeah, those his- OBP skills you mentioned with Ruiz are interesting yeah. he went in the 16th. is that too high for you? Story Ruiz, eh, maybe if you're in a tough spot with steals, yeah, that's seems like a, a little where,
2: aggressive, but yeah, I think that's around where you can you can think about um, taking the chance. Now, I was on the road. And I'm not going to use this as an excuse, but uh, I had a pre-draft, and I I, I put Austin Hayes in, and, and that's who I got. Had I been, you know, making the pick live or, you know, thinking about it, et cetera. I may have taken Ruiz to make sure I get him at that point, but I'm, you know, no crying over spilt milk. I didn't get Mm him. Um, I'm not unhappy at all with Austin Hayes. Kind of happy about it, but Mm -hmm. that would have been my chance to get Ruiz.
1: He'll definitely be a player to to keep an eye on and, and drafts to come if he's looking like he has playing time, that speed's going to really tantalize and somebody's going to jump him aggressively. Well, Todd, let's switch gears here a little bit and uh, get into our underdog best ball segment of the week. Tough one this week, at least for me to come up with, our top five do not draft players on underdog. By the way, with underdog, definitely be sure to use promo code RWMLB. They'll not only double your initial deposit up to 100 bucks, but you also get six months of roadwire for free. So really a heck of a deal. And I'm having a lot of fun playing on there again promo code r w m l. b but the guys I'm not ending up with not drafting on underdog really are you know uh contest specific a lot of these guys getting pushed up because of the format like a guy like Kyle Swarber who's number one on my list a d p sixteen point two on underdog that's one that maybe it's a disconnect between roto and and these this points league but and the the outfield madness that we've talked about, but sixteen for Kyle Schwarber seems way too high, even in a points format where he's not docked for the low average. Um, this feels one where people are chasing the outfield position a little too much after that first tier and pushing Kyle Schwarber up more than he deserves.
2: I got him ranked thirteenth overall for best. So yeah, in this in this format using the uh, re- outfield replacement, blah blah blah. Schwob my thirteenth overall. Now I usually haven't gotten him, but um, I don't. I, I think I, I can see where it's coming from. I'm going to be honest. I, I did not do is what picking my players because you got me on the road and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, traveling this week. So I'm going to do That's more over. of a. Um, I'm going to do more about. Phil, you know, you said do not draft. I'm going to be more of a complete. Complete the following sentence: Do not draft. So my first do not draft is. Do not draft your third infielder before you have at least three outfielders and three pitchers.
1: Okay. That's a little um, – yeah, it's just more that I have to type down, but that's a good <laughs> way to go, go about it. Uh, so wait I got that field. down so that people so can – Just put weight wait on infield. Yeah, it's crazy the infielders that are still sitting around late – and with that in mind, kind of leads into my next guy, Bobby Witt Jr., ADP 32. You don't need steals to compete in the category. Um, I wonder exactly how valuable the bat will be in this points format. And ADP of 32 with guys like Real Muto hanging around late, all these great infielders late. I feel like Bobby Witt's honestly kind of a bust pick at, at 32 uh, in I, this format. Got
2: to no, no, for sure. For sure. Um, I think I think I agree with you there because I have him forty eighth overall. So there, yeah, well, well, I will we'll agree as far as that goes. Um, I'm going to come up with some players just because. But my next, uh, and I kind of alluded to it earlier. Do not draft anybody who's hurt. You only <laughs> yeah. get ten active players, and you get 20 spots. You're going to get players that are hurt and, it, and there's no there's no. Um, Pickups.
1: Yeah, no pickups.
2: People are taking Bryce Harper. Ah, right, you know what? There's my do not draft. Do not draft Bryce Harper. And I don't know if he's on your list okay. or not. No, he was do not, not draft on my Bryce list. People, what they're saying, because and this is a cut line sort of format, and where after a certain time the top two teams make it, and then they keep cutting them down. So people are, in, you know, in, in their glory minds are saying, if I can get to the playoffs, and then Bryce Harper comes back, I'm going to win it. I don't. I want to get there first. And I don't think this is my first in the format. So maybe that is the way to go, but I don't believe it is at least from where I'm sitting, which right now is in West Palm beach behind this big orange thing. But um, so I'm not drafting Bryce Harper because I think that spot's too valuable. I want to get to the playoffs and who's to say that he's, that he's going to carry you anyway. So do not draft Bryce Harper.
1: I like that one too. I considered him for my list because I'm with you. Like he's not going to give you anything over the first three months. It's just a dead roster spot through the the first prelim stages of the contest. So I'm with you there. And I actually have two outfielders next up on my list. Adolis Garcia at 43 on underdog. He really, as a do not draft player for me, carries over to to Roto as well. Just don't get it. Uh, I mean, he's played well the past few years. Don't get me wrong, but that's been despite some really shaky plate skills that I think leave him open to some uh, significant downside. So I have him on my do not draft at 43 on underdog. And then the other outfielder, Luis Robert, ADP 48.8 on underdog. He's I mentioned this to, to Jeff, and he pushed back. And it really isn't quite getting to Mondesi levels. But I'm got, starting to get a little, you know, with all the missed time from Luis Robert, starting to get a little Mondesi vibe with the missed time anyway. Um, and at that price point, I just think it's it's too steep.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. And, uh, you know, you say Mondesi, I think Byron Buxton, although maybe Buxton's too good of a talent for, for Robert, but I think Robert's talent for a while was in that Buxton range. But uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you as, as far as that goes. Now, I actually had a player. Um, yeah, well, all right, so Musgrove fits into the injured. So what I'm going to say is I'm going to use you, Darvish, and it's more about um, – and I know that you don't get a whole ton of two-start weeks, but I don't – I'm going to shy away from the the rotations that have six-man rotations because that reduces the ability to get a two-start week even further. Mm -hmm. And it's those two-start weeks that really bump up your points when you only get three pitchers. Um, And the way I play is I want my first two pitchers in there every week, and I'm looking for a guy to spike in that third week. So I need the two starts. And San Diego and some other teams just aren't getting as good as Darvish is it's going to be, he's just not going to get two. you know, if you get 32 starts in 26 weeks, you're only looking at six or seven two-start weeks, the way things play out, you know, and that you're down to four, if that, with uh, six-man rotations. So Darvish is, I'm, I'm going to say Darvish as my representative for pitchers on st- staffs with six, six-man rotations.
1: My final do-not-draft player on underdog for this year is Hunter Green, and this pains me to say as a Reds fan. But at ADP 91, that's even higher than he's going in most drafts I see. So much working against the guy. Bad park to pitch in. Brutal park to pitch in, frankly. I mean, it's reaching cores levels. Great American small park in terms of runs scored. Bad team. Two-pitch guy. And as great as that fastball is, if hitters are sitting on it, You know, they'll poke it out of that park. So uh, Hunter Green is a guy that, you know, with the talent, I think people are chasing the upside, but I think it'll be a a year or two more before it it really comes together in full for Hunter Green.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. It's nice to hear you, you know, be non-biased about the Reds. When you said- Bias
1: in the other direction.
2: Yeah. Negative bias. When I hear you said uh, Green, I'm thinking Riley Green, who's actually on my, I, I like this guy list. And I'm, oh, I, you know what? I'm going to go with a guy. And it has nothing, I was trying to think of guys inherent to um, underdog strategy. So I'm a little out of my element, I'm not in my room. I'm like in a big hallway here. So I'm a little slower today. I
1: appreciate you doing this. Yeah, kind of.
2: Yeah, just a little, you know. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm going to use a guy that uh, I'm going to say Spencer Strider. Okay. And I kind of alluded to my, I want two pitchers who I expect to be in my lineup every week when i'm at, when i'm at 12 in this thing i i would i've been i got burns and coal like twice um so i want like two pitchers really early it doesn't have to be burns and coal and then my third pitcher i'm drafting six pitchers total i was at seven i'm drafting six pitchers total but one of those four to just pop in that week um to me with striders being drafted he's being counted on every week and i don't know how many innings he's gonna get and i i i Think he's the innings going to be tempered, so the same way as in Roto, the same reason here, I don't see him getting the innings commensurate with his draft price.
1: Hey, that's fair. I know we differ on Strider, but uh, you, you make a lot of good points. So, my top five do not draft on underdog Kyle Schwarber, Bobby Witt Jr., Ed O'Leary, Garcia, Luis Robert, and Hunter Green, and Todd's. Do not draft your third infielder before you have at least three outfielders and three pitchers. Do not draft anybody who's hurt, including uh, Bryce Harper. Do not draft you Darvish and then Spencer Strider. Well, great stuff, Todd. That'll do it for the underdog best ball segment today. Um, And before we transition back to TGFBI talk, I want to bring you a quick word from Fantrax. Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for your Dynasty Keeper, Redraft, and Best Ball Leagues. Coming from another service, Fantrax makes it super easy. If you're fed up with your commish service, uh, there's really only one place to go, and that's Fantrax. You can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. They're just a quick email away from anything you need adjusted. Fantrax offers the most in-depth player pool of the industry, including minor league players, do you need a customizable commissioner service for your fantasy league? Fantrax offers more customization than any other platform. And the best part of it, it's all free. Also, if you're a Vlad Junior mark like myself, you can sign up today and be entered to win an official MLB signed jersey from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash RotoWire and sign up today. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X.com slash Rotowire. Fantracks, the home of fantasy sports. So as we wrap things up today, Todd, wanted to just get to um, you know a few more of our draft picks here in
2: TGFbi
1: how did you address the catcher position?
2: real quick before we I don't mean to interrupt not something to interrupt but I'm, I'm looking on Twitter, the Red Sox are shifting on Joey Gallo using the left fielder and the rover position in right field and leaving left field completely open. Now, keeping in mind that they play, and this is Will Middlebrooks pointing this out, um, otherwise known as Jenny Dell's husband, um, with the short left field wall, worst case scenario is, you know, the, it's like a double regardless. So this is why you can still do interesting defensive linemen's within the rules the four infielders are, are are playing where they're supposed to be, but there's literally the, the left fielders in right field I was wondering, I figured Joe Madden, but he's not at the other team, be the first to do something like this. It's interesting that it's Alex Cora. We'll see if he does it in the game or whether he's just practicing with it uh, in spring training. Cause they're not at jet blue. They're not at jet blue. They're on the road. Uh, they must be in uh, Minnesota's home park. Um, so, but that's interesting. But as far as catchers go, speaking of Minnesota, I'm only halfway done with my catchers. I did not want to wait as long as I did, but I do have one guy that I am very much interested in as a late pick, so I I didn't get too worried about it. I got Christian Vasquez, um, I think maybe the 19th round, which I like that. I'm going to take a shot with my second catcher, and I I don't know that anybody's listening. I don't know how long I'm going to wait call me a homer on the Red Sox homer, if you will. But I think it's more about just being aware of than it is being a homer at this point. I think Jorge Alfaro, if he doesn't win the job, is going to get a significant portion of the Red Sox catch- catching job. Mm. He can hit. And so I'm on roster
1: grab- invitee, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. From San Diego. I'm going to draft him as my second catcher. And if I don't, if he doesn't work out, I will find somebody else, but I'm going to take a shot. At Alfaro is, I don't know how long I'm going to go with him or how long I'm going to wait, but um, I'm going to take Alfaro. See, I am drafting with Ray Murphy, who may or may not have the same thoughts because he's a a local guy from Boston. I will check to see what he's got on catchers. He only has one. He only has Salvador Perez, which is not bode well for me (laughs) because maybe he's thinking the same thing that I am. So um, if if you're my TGFBI league and Ray's clock runs out, it's not because I put him in a closet.
1: Well, we had an interesting note on Alfaro just yesterday that he has a upward mobility clause in his contract with yes. Boston, so he would be allowed to sign with a major league or a major league deal elsewhere if Boston yes doesn't plan to have him on the roster by March 25th. So either way, it sounds like he'll be in the majors. Yep. Right. So yeah, that's a sneaky one. I like that. Uh, I was. You know, I paid up a little bit more, at least for my first catcher. I haven't drafted my second yet, but I got Wilson Contreras in the seventh round. Is he a guy you're in on, or is that kind of a new fate or familiar face, new place who you might might worry about with the the big contract?
2: Is is an answer? Is is not out on an answer? I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not out on him.
1: You're agnostic. I'm not, I'm not
2: saying oh, the Park. I'm. You know, I'm not. I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not on my do not draft list. I don't know. You know. He, he, I don't know that I'm targeting him, if you will. I hate to say that. You know, you let let the draft come to you. Um, But I'm not going out of my way to get him. But I'm not avoiding him either.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to figure out what to do with that second spot. But, um, you know, as we've talked about before, I'm just a little bit more willing to pay up at the catcher position this year because past the most recent years anyway, man, I've found it really hard to have the 14 best hitters over the course of a full season when you got two stinkers at the
2: I, I, wanted to, I wanted to. I'm not saying to, you have
1: stinkers. At the no, 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 I no. Mean,
2: I wanted to draft up a little bit. It just it mm-hmm. never, never presented itself. And again, I don't want to use this as an excuse, but when you're traveling, you know, you, you preset your, you know i think i want an outfield on a pitcher in this turn you you set them but based on the flow maybe you know oh geez now i better have taken my my catchers now you know i don't know that i would have done a thing different i'm not saying i would have but it's a little bit of uh and this is to be honest with you clay this is why i didn't do the tgfbi the first year that you that you that you won it because i knew i was traveling and it was on a different a different uh different platform and they don't the 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 multi the pre draft platform is not as robust. You can only do one round at a time, and here you can do multiple rounds and have the cues be different. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what I've been doing in order to keep it, you know. So
1: yeah, I love how you can set a queue just for each specific round. That's so nice yeah. on NFPC. Yeah.
2: So anyway, so um, yeah, I, and you know, looking at my tiers, I just mentioned I've been doing my tiers. I, you know, I, you know, I, it called in last year's players and it, you know, where they are on the tier. I had to raise up that, you know, the raise up the players, a whole, almost everybody had to go up like a whole tier that just but by that. I mean, they're just better. They were ranked higher this year as in the aggregate.
1: Yeah. It's still a very thin position, but there are some good young players coming in at the catcher position. Yeah. yeah. Still very, uh, tricky one to figure out yep. now todd you gave away a guy that you're hoping to get later on and i'll give away a guy that i'm desperately hoping to get here maybe with my next pick even let me jot this timestamp down for our <laughs> uh, our guy alan um maybe one of the best values on the entire board right now for me and that's jd martinez um now an underdog like we discussed earlier we talked about underdog. There, JD's lumped in with the outfielder, so he's all the more appealing. UT only in traditional drafts, but look, I'm in the 12th round right now. I would like to get J.D. at 179, honestly. I mean, even as UT only, I, I think, consider where he was drafted last year. The year he had was not that bad. He's now with the Dodgers, who have tremendous... Uh, coaching and development staffs, and he's with his original hitting coach that fueled the breakout initially uh, with Detroit. So I just think everything points to a nice bounce back, and at that cost, yeah, I'm thinking JD's one of the top uh, values on the hitting side. I know you hate that term.
2: Yeah, well, um, market values, well, you know, if we put it that way, you know, relative to the sure, market. Sure. You um, went to thirteenth to Jen Piacenti in uh, in this league, and
1: with watch out for her; she might take down the overall. Honestly,
2: um, she's in my league. Be careful. No, um, no, Jen's a great player. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and looking at the team, uh, no, she's not going to win. No, I'm just kidding. No, um, <laughs> no, I forget what I was going to say. Oh yeah, as far as Martinez and the utility goes, I'm a I'm lot more amenable to doing that in a league with Fab. Mm-hmm. Because you you do it in a draft and hold, and inevitably you're looking at three corner infielders on your bench that are better than you know half of the play you know middle and you know or vice versa. You you get less you have less flexibility to get the better players in there. I know you can sit the utility if he's not very good, but if you drafted you know Martinez, he's probably better you know than the backups. Point being, I, I like without being able to maneuver my roster with fab to make it all work. Um, I'm not, I don't like to do the utility thing, but in this league, yes, you take the <clears throat> value uh, you, you take the, you, you take the drop there and you make the rest with multiple position eligibility players or just being active in the fab market and shaping your roster so that you can keep it as strong as possible without using that spot.
1: In my TGFEI draft, I mentioned I got Julio. So, yeah, it's a nice power source. But then Corey Seager, Corbin Carroll, Wilson Contreras, and Med Rosario. I got Anthony Santander to to make up for power. I still, like, I still feel like I need to a little bit. And I feel like J.D. can do that. Most projection systems have him around 20 homers. But I had 28 in 2021. I guess maybe I'm kind of just hoping that well, he can push up closer to 30.
2: The Dodger Stadium is better for power for him in Fenway Park, really? So I think nice. I think I don't remember what my number is on Martinez, but I'm pretty sure it's closer to third. If it, if it's over under twenty five, I'm pretty sure I'm taking the over, and I think that's what you want, right? And last year,
1: yeah,
2: it was like Jose Abreu in that he pounded the ball, but he didn't lift the ball. So the yeah, overall that was a strange
1: drop and over the fence power.
2: Yeah, but I think I don't think he's lost it. Mm. So I, I for a lot of the reasons that you just talked about. Um, and I, I don't know I don't remember that you mentioning Mookie bets, but I don't think it hurts that he's back on a team with Mookie and comfortable and, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So uh so what do I have? I have twenty six homers for Martinez, so I guess I would take the over on twenty-five.
1: Nice. That's good for me to hear because I'm I'm gonna have a lot invested in J D this year. And yeah, I just think there's still something there. maybe there is a new newfound comfort level there. Sure. now with his old hitting coach and yeah maybe Mookie there not. um yeah I'm excited to see what JD can do and plus they already made it clear that he's going to be DHing every day at the expense of some Will Smith starts so the fact yep. that they're already saying look you're our everyday DH we paid you 10 million to come in and in DH yeah
2: and it's not like Will Smith can go play first base either uh can he no, well, he's. They got they got a guy named Freddie Freeman. There.
1: Oh yeah, they got a just a guy named Freddie Freeman. He's missed in ten guess.
2: games in the past four years.
1: Yeah, I know they said maybe Will Smith catches a little bit more to balance things out, but they said that Will Smith's going to get fewer DH starts. So it seems like yeah. they're dead set on on uh, Martinez being a key anchor in that lineup. Yep, for what projects to be one of the best teams in baseball again. Let's not forget. Well, take a look well, at their lineup. They're going to need JD. Yeah, I think they're banking on a, a big rebound from JD. And if the Dodgers are banking on it and betting on it, I'm going to bet on it. Not in all cases, but that is a, a appeal to authority that I, I will make. Todd, great stuff. really want to thank you again for doing this on location, you know, traveling, but you still made time for us. Thanks, man. Anything else on your mind today as we wrap things up?
2: Baseball's on my mind. Uh, now, now we're having some people are starting to come in. So uh, – <laughs> Well, so good I just,
1: timing to wrap Why well, we just
2: sign her off, and I get a, I'll go head over to the uh, First Pitch Forum, check out Labor Tonight on SiriusXM, and uh, talk about my labor team next week, doing drafting AL on Saturday night.
1: Good luck. And, yeah, Jeff's Jeff Erickson's on the call tonight for the NL Labor. And good luck to you and James and everybody. Jason Collette, tomorrow you'll be at each other's throats, and I'm looking forward to seeing who you guys battle over. A reminder that we are sponsored by Fantrax and Underdog Fantasy. We'll be back again, Todd and I, next Friday. Hope you'll join us on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast.
3: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure four week emergency food kits for each member of your family. mypatriotsupply.com